Now let's dive deeper into different archetypes as it is important for us to first understand the exact moment where we started to feel hurt and we picked up different different archetypes. So most of us would be having multiple archetypes within us. However, one would be predominantly expressed in different situations and would make you experience different emotions almost on a consistent basis. Archetype itself is a word which is a Greek of which is of Greek origin. The root words are archean which means origin or old. It also means pattern, model or a type. And thus the combination of these words means original pattern. That is a prototype or patterns of behavior found in individuals psyche. All archetypes have a shadow self. the shadow manifestations as well as the positive aspects the shadow has the power to precisely pick up the dark areas of our psyche the areas that we tend to deny areas that have deeper presence in our psyche but we always tend to deny its presence it is only that we deny its presence because we consider it to be unacceptable the only reason for us to deny the darkness within us is because we feel that it is full of shame guilt and other heavy emotions that we rather not accept them as ours it is only when we face and acknowledge the shadow side of our existence the presence of the shadow within us that we tend to neutralize its potential negative impact that is playing onto us and our lives almost on a daily basis as per carl jung there are 12 primary archetypes that defines different human behaviors and motivations each archetype has its own set of values meanings and personality traits the first one let us understand is as the child that being a child is also a child archetype so this kind of a child archetype is the one which is more which almost acts very childish and very child like in most of the situations these are people that we tend to assume are immature lot they are always longing to be big, uh, accepted for the innocence regardless of their age The child also establishes its perceptions about life, safety, nurturing, loyalty and family. It its many aspects also include the aspects of wounded child, abandoned child or even the orphaned or dependent child. And when we talk about this childlike aspect of our existence as we discussed in the previous audios also that which kind of child like archetype that we pick up typically depends on the potential expression of the choice between dependency versus responsibility when we take responsibility we tend to have healthy dependency on ourselves and on people around us and when we pick up unhealthy Uh, dependencies or co- become codependent on other people then it is only when we have not been able to accept who we are to its fullest potential 
when we do not recognize our own needs and wants and we feel that they are always unmet we be, we tend to develop codependent relationships more so with our spouse now coming to the different archetypes the first one is the wounded child the this wounded child as we discussed earlier is the one who holds lot of pain within their own childhood they have always been seeking external parental figures they fantasize that childhood could have been this or could have been that if their parents would have done this or if their parents could have done that so this this typical uh, wounded child will always be operating from an aspect of blaming others and never taking responsibility of self never recognizing that there was a choice of the soul of for the existence of however the the relationships worked out that was a part of the soul plan for them they always tend to pick up self pity irrespective of the situation even in situations wherein they could have been able to do something they would always be in the victimhood mode and will always be experiencing self pity and to further negate somebody else telling them that you could have done this or you could have done that they will grandiorize their self pity by saying i felt so helpless in that situation you made me feel helpless it was because of you that i had to go through all this and then the blame continues the other one is we discussed earlier was the orphan child this is the one who had developed early independence and uh the orphan child is the one which has been plagued with the fear of abandonment or rejection so people who had uh, been either receiving or are giving to their children certain hints about not being good enough being rejected for whatever it could be because of the color the complexion the shape the size the height the marks the grades uh not being able to gel up with other people or being selfish it could be any so when that happens then such people either become very independent or they reject other people too they become either very independent or uh they become so 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 dependent so dependency is the key trigger here so they depending on their experiences they are likely to pick up either of the extremes either they will get into becoming so dependent that even if it is a brutally unhealthy relationship they will never be able to come out of it because of the codependency or they will get into a situation wherein they will become ultra independent that they f- they tell it that's a sign that they are giving to the world around they hey see i don't need you there is no space in my life for you and then they take up responsibilities of becoming very independent so identify if you have this characteristic many of us have that thing i i cannot ask money from my husband i cannot do this from my parents i can't ask for this i can't ask for that um and many of us have that tendency especially uh, this happens more in women uh, because of the unmet needs of the childhood when they were not appreciated for their existence and they were rather they were feeling rejected the rejection could be because of anything else also it could also be a rejection that they were experiencing because the mother was extremely busy taking care of the family or the household work if there was no maid around uh, and uh, if they were living in a joint family it becomes even more difficult the other aspect of when one feels rejected is when there are siblings around and the right amount of attention was not given to the child so then also the child tends to assume 
as if the child has been abandoned. So the child might become a little more clingy or will reject the complete concept of clinginess altogether. And they become so, so, so independent that sometimes people perceive them to be uh, not being able to gel with others. Not that they are generally doing that or they are uh, consciously doing that, but there is always a fear in them that if I let myself lose in, part, in, the, in front of this particular person, I might be, they might hurt me. So they will always have very strong boundaries around them. The other one we discussed was the brat one who would have all the ten, no, temper tantrums. These are people who pick up drugs and unhealthy sexual behaviors. When they grow up into teenage and adulthood, these are the people who will get into extreme alcoholism, uh, brutal fights when they get into teenage, uh, more commonly seen in men. Then we have the needy child who is always having a feeling of not being good enough and is always in a constant need of validation from other people. This is similar to uh, the other aspects of the wounded child that we discussed except for the fact that the needy child is the one who always finds himself to be isolating from others and is and has a very high tendency to get into depression. They will typically be found aloof, the wounded child will still be looking forward to mingle with others in order to have that need of being uh, you know, uh, appreciated by others. But this particular child who is a needy child will always be looking forward to reject others in their existence. And therefore, the tendency to that vicious circle of depression will continue. On one side, they are already feeling depressed and because they are feeling depressed, they do not want to get mingled up with other people also, creating more depression and loneliness. So that vicious circle continues. The only simple need that they have is to recognize the need to find themselves because they have completely lost their existence. Then we discussed about the innocent or the magical child who is uh, the eternal child or the dependent child. So these are the other areas who are other children who will always be found fantasizing about unicorns and fairies and magic land and other things and they tend to believe in that also. <clears throat> the divine child we discuss is an extension of the innocent or the magical child. The only difference between these two is that their consciousness is guided towards spirituality wherein they are looking at seeking guidance from spirits and angels and moving on to that guidance. Their inner connection is still not broken, they are still having inner connection but the outer connection is some way or the other broken. They tend to uh, mingle better with nature, they uh, with, with animals and pets. Uh, with plants, they love love all kinds of animals and pets and plants and greenery and mountains and other natural things. They find it difficult to um, establish that kind of a connection or that kind of uh, I would not even connection should be the right word. The, the ultimate word is the trust in people as much as they can have trust in the non-physical realm of nature of spirit guides, of angels, of being guided by the higher self. 
so they tend to reject the form they tend to reject the physical world and they are more in their higher chakras they more into uh, the higher chakras in terms of exploring the consciousness then we have the victimhood uh, the the victim child the child who's always uh, into self pity this is the child who has a very strong need and drive to become empowered until the time such a child uh, gets into the form and recognizes need of becoming empowered it is going to be extremely difficult for such people as adults to flourish well in front of authorities especially if it is a father figure or uh, bosses or authorities who have greater control over your life <clears throat> then uh, they it is simply also because they presume that they are always right they validate their being victim they have always they have validated the experience of being victim and when they have validated the experience of being victim then they feel like that everything in the world is validated as i feel so so they will always be in that zone of experiencing their victimhood by experiencing by correct by uh, establishing that experiencing being a victim is the right approach so whatever the action that they are going to be putting are all going to be self fulfilling prophecies for them it's going to be more destructive because they are not able to recognize that they are operating from victim mentality and not from an empowered mentality so when you are acting as a victim and you you justify that being a victim is the rightest thing to do then you are likely to remain stuck in victimhood more forever so this is another area that you can look at if this is you or your child then we have the addict the addict is uh it could be an addiction to sex it could be addiction to gambling it could be addiction to being a workaholic it could be an addiction to anything i mean some people have addiction to even washing hands it could be any kind of addiction so the addiction happens especially for food drugs alcohol and sex typically because these initiate dopamines in our mind when we are getting some kind of a uh, good feel good hormones because otherwise they are so depressed that they are always looking at numbing their way out they could also addict themselves to work to sports to television to excessive gymming to computers uh, to negative patterns um it is it is uh, contrary to most spiritual uh, beliefs and understandings but yes i'm going to be making a very loud statement there are some people who are very addicted to spiritual practices as well that is also a numbing mechanism so sometimes people just get into spirituality and they tend to do spiritual bypassing if you are the one who is doing a spiritual bypassing then understand that you are typically acting from an addict inner child then we have the saboteur the saboteur one is that you know if if let's say if you undermine your own self out of the fear of another person the saboteur archetype is made up of the fears and issues related to low self esteem that has caused you to make choices in life that blocks your own empowerment and success the positive side of it is that it calls your attention to situations in which you were in danger and have been sabotaging your own existence or if you have sabotaged yourself 
So once you're comfortable with the and you accept that you have been sabotaging your own existence, you learn to hear and heed the warning signs that come along. This and then you tend to save the untold grief. You recognize the grief that is within, and then you you empower yourself to release that. So till the time you're not doing that, you're acting from this particular stage only. The ignorance of this or this uh, this kind of an archetype is will manifest in forms of self-destructive patterns or desires to undermine others. So in this also, I would uh, urge you to find out if there are ways that you undermine your own potential, and then tend to map it. Where are they coming from? Because most of us would have undermined ourselves in a threatful situation. In some shape or form, while we were growing up, when we had an external threat, we could have done something, but we did not do it because of a fear of something. It could be because of fear of parent, of power, of feeling that I am just a child, I can't do anything. So we all tend to have those experiences. The other type of archetype is the prostitute archetype. Uh, while the the positive side of this uh, kind of an archetype is uh, that I am not here available for sale. You know, you can't use me, you can't dump me. I am not a doormat. That's a positive side of it. However, most of us tend to be used and abused by our others, including our partners. So the shadow si side of uh, the prostitute in our child would be. Uh, taking different forms. Prostitution takes place in many different forms as it tend to prostitute ourselves. When we sell our bodies or our minds in exchange of something, this exchange could be for money, a compromise on our morals or uh, on our ethics or our finances or simply at times and this is very common with women especially. We tend to give away our bodies to our partners when we don't want to. Right? Uh, whether we say that we do not want to say a no to our husbands or we say that uh, when we do not want to have an intimate relationship or intimate moment with our, with our partners, but we still tend to give it up. We have no energy, we have no mood, we are not in the right frame of mind, but we still give, give in to our partners. That is when we are exchanging our bodies with our partners for in return of peace of mind, peace of mind of the relationship so that the relationship continues. So we are compromising on the otherwise uh, strong ethics that we may have about ourselves. So that is again uh, a prostitute pattern. So the best way to heal this kind of an area and I am sure a lot many triggers would have been uh, coming up as in when you would be listening to this is when we, uh, when we would have done this for the first time. That is an important trigger uh, if, if you had any other relationship earlier as a woman and or even if you are with your husband it was the first uh, relationship, the first time that you had given in your, your physical body to your partner, were you mentally prepared for it? If you were not mentally prepared when you had first time exchanged a body with somebody else, that is the time that would have defined whether you are you are operating or you are still or you are not operating from this mindset, this inner child self. For men, in contrast, this is exchange of money. Uh, when you had, let's say, if you are a man and you had a relationship, it could be 
you know, a teenage relationship, a college relationship or a marriage per se, you did not have enough money or you wanted that money for something else but you had to barter that money in exchange to have continued your relationship or to make or to please your partner or something else. So those are the areas where you have expressed the prostitute male self. Now again, though I've given you examples here from a stage of life where you are probably now and you can recollect that. But emotionally, we would have done that lot many times when you were growing up as a child. It is easier to cognitively recognize this pattern and uh, most of us would have done this at one point or time or the other. So we do have a prostitute self somewhere or the other. It could also be as simple as you wanted to do something else but you landed up doing something else for the peace of the family. And most of us bargain. But in that bargain, how much of hurt was tolerable and when it seeped into the inner child is what we are talking about. And if we have seen our parents having this as a norm, then this is a byproduct of the epigenetics which is coming to us. The prostitute archetype engages in lessons in sale or negotiation of their integrity or the spirit, the inner soul, due to a fear of physical survival or financial gain. It could be emotional gain and support also, which will be, uh, you know, let's say if we have a codependent relationship or we have a needy or a clingy person and we give in to some our partners for some need that needs to be fulfilled. Those all are symptoms of giving away that we are operating from the prostitute self. I understand this word is very triggering. Uh, eight years back when I was you know, doing my teacher's training for this, when I recognized that at that time this word triggered me also. Because we all tend to consider this as a very demeaning word. But if you consider how many times you have lowered your own ethics and morals in exchange of something, we are typically operating from this particular childhood self. And then there is another one which is the hero child self. Now this is the martyr. This is the one who is always boasting about the sacrifices that he or she has made either for self or for others. Even when we say that we made some sacrifice for a child, for our partner, for somebody else, we are typically not sacrificing for them. We have not done that act for them. We have done that particular act for the emotion that it has triggered in us. For example, if, the, if let's say... Uh, Let's say the mother is unwell and the mother still goes into the kitchen and makes something for the child. And then, you know, the, the mother thinks that, you know, I have done a good job. So that's a sacrifice on her own health. And uh, she feels, and then she, if the child does not eat, what does the mother say? The mother says that, if you make the I'm not well and still I've made this for you. So that matyard, that no sacrificing element is always there. Not recognizing that perhaps the child was not even hungry, forcing the child to eat. So it was not the child who had asked for food. It was you as a mother who got triggered that if I do not give food to my child or if I do not have the food ready for my child, then I will not be a good mother. So that self-image triggered. And then you did something for your own self-image and then you, you grandeurized that experience and I, I have done this for my child. So at the end of every grandeurizing event that you would have done for your child, 
it is understand that there was an element which you wanted to fulfill in yourself not the child whether it is about being validated by your children being appreciated by your children being recognized as a good mother or a good father or somebody who you know is is ideal man or ideal woman what whatever that could be but we never do anything for anybody else we do everything for our own self even if you are sacrificing there is an intent the intent behind that sacrifice is important to be recognized and that is the hero's journey here we are talking about a hero ventures forth from the world of you know common days into like as if he is somebody or she is somebody who has a superpower and that needs to be coming out so there are the hero's journey is experiencing everything as a sacrifice and and then also you know finding joy in sacrificing also that i have sacrificed this and i said because that makes the person feel that they have done something so these are the typical uh, archetypes uh, which i have tried to explain a little deeper so for that you if you have not yet been able to recognize because there were two three people who have come back saying that i have mixed things and need more clarification so i thought of posting this up again with little, little more detail around it